Welcome to Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. I'm Greg. And I'm Erin. We've been married for 31 years. We're marriage counselors, and we lead the marriage team here at Focus on the Family. Today, Greg, we're tackling how to best combat pride in our marriage. Which means I probably have nothing to add because that's never me. We may have differing viewpoints on that. I'm never prideful. Oh, (laughs) that's one way to look at it. Yeah. But you know, it's, this is a common issue. I deal with it. You deal with it. We all deal with pride and it's huge, has an impact on a marriage and it's hard to overcome it. It does. And all joking aside, I mean, I know plenty of times where you know, within our disagreements that, that it's easy for me to become prideful, which then often turn these little things into bigger deals. I remember one time, um, crazy story. We had a cat yeah. named Fiona. And so you were, I think, leaving with one of our daughters to go. You guys to were going to go yeah, do something. We had something and I was late, of yeah. course. And so I was and in the basement with yeah. one of our other daughters or son, something. Yeah. And I yelled down to the basement, hey, Greg, um, I just took some chicken out for dinner and it's on the counter. Please put it away. Don't leave it out because the cat will eat it. Yeah, which I thought – was crazy. Our cat's never one time done that. So um, I was going to do it. We just were playing some video games. I got caught up in the video game, forget. And then the next thing I remember, so hours later, now you've returned. And all I remember is kind of this loud, not like a scream, but it was some loud noise out of your Mm -hmm. mouth. And you're like, Greg, get up here. So I, I'm not sure if some intruders in the house. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on. So I race up the stairs in to find, you know, most of the chicken consumed. Clearly what was left had bite marks. Mm-hmm. And our cat just kind of basking in the warm oh, sun with happy. her fat belly. Yep. <laughs> she was happy. And so I, I just remembered from that, you know, you're like, I told you to do this. And that's, you know, when when I feel like I've failed or made a mistake or didn't do something right, it's very easy for me to defend myself. That's when pride Mm -hmm. sets in. So I was telling you, you know, I just didn't think she would do this. She's never done that. And why did you leave without putting it up? Why'd you make me do it? Or, oh, and you said yeah. something along the lines of, I said, a cat can't have raw meat. Right, because then you're worried about our cat. Yeah. And then you say, well, do you think she cooks the mouse before she eats it? Right. And I was like, wow. <laughs> and that got us into a yeah, big old argument. That didn't go so well. I still stand behind the logic of, you know, <laughs> when she does eat the mice, mm-hmm. they're not cooked either. Mm-hmm. But the point being... I know in those moments where I feel caught or feel mm-hmm. that I've made a mistake. You're in trouble. I'm in trouble. The pride sets in. I'm going to defend. I'm going to initially just do everything I can to not be the guy that yeah. made the mistake. And, and that, that's truly all pride. I love Philippians 2, 3, and 4. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. It goes on to say rather in humility. So it talks about humility, but what it's really outlining is how pride often manifests itself in mm-hmm. a in a marriage, in a relationship. Selfish ambition is when I am only thinking about what, what I want or mm-hmm. what, what I need. Mm-hmm. So in that moment, I don't want to be 
the one that made the mistake. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to get out of that. So selfish ambition is when I'm thinking about what I want, what I need. I'm advocating for that. But vain conceit, I love this as a concept because vain conceit is when you're excessively proud of your own opinion. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so here, I'm proud that I know that a feline can eat raw meat and not get sick because that's what a mouse is. And so she's going to be fine. Yeah. It's just all that stuff when we become conceited around our opinion. Mm -hmm. Therefore, I'm right. I know mm -hmm. I'm right. What do you know? I mean, yeah. all that's just pride. Mm -hmm. and, and when Jesus talks about that you know, God opposes the proud, mm -hmm. but gives his grace to the humble. That when I show up with pride, like I did that day with, with our cat Fiona and what she did, you're going to oppose that mm -hmm. every time. Every yeah, time I show sure. up as prideful or when you show up as prideful, mm -hmm. I'll probably oppose it versus the difference it Who makes. Who shows up more prideful? Oh, clearly me. <laughs> you or me? <laughs> um. I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> I, I know that because I have such, I'm so committed mm -hmm. to not being wrong or mm -hmm. making a mistake or having screwed up or something that mm -hmm. I get very prideful to defend all that. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that's more than you, but I, I'm we very aware of that. But but I love that we're going to be talking about today the opposite. Mm -hmm. So how do we move from those moments of pride into humility because mm -hmm. it says God gives his grace to the humble. So what does that really look like? And we're going to talk about that. We have a mm -hmm. great show. We've got some excellent segments coming up. Mm -hmm. Later on, we're going to talk with our good friend Jeremy Keaton about how we can combat pride in our marriage. We're also going to hear a question from one of our listeners who wants to know, how can she express her need for connection when her husband is going through a really difficult situation? Mm -hmm. But first, we had a great conversation with Levi and Jenny Lesko about the importance of humility in marriage. They're authors, speakers with some great thoughts. So let's listen to the conversation we had with Levi and Jenny. You guys talk a lot about pride, you know, destroying intimacy with both God and with your spouse. Just the other day, Aaron and I had a, a, a more difficult conversation, and, and I was so convinced that she was in the wrong, and I was so convinced that the way that I perceived what she was talking about, it, it just it reminded me so much of of Philippians 2, 3, where, it, you know, it, it talks about, you know, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. To me, that's how mm -hmm. pride so often shows up, at least for me in our marriage, you know, that selfish ambition, I want what I want, but more so, I think for me, it's the vain conceit that I'm so convinced that I'm right, that I'm excessively proud of, of how I see these things. And that's when I'm praying for you, I know, for humility. You should. <laughs> you, you, sh you should pray harder and longer and, and more. But that's, I know that's where I get stuck is on the pride for you guys. You know, Levi, what kind of what for you has been the key, you know, to make sure that pride doesn't affect your marriage? Well, if anybody out there has a cure for this, please send it our, our way immediately. Because uh, it's, it's 19 years and counting, just such a barrier, right? I mean, pride is the original sin that started hell and split off heaven. I mean, pride is what caused the devil to say, I will exalt myself above your throne. And ever since, it's at the base of every single sin. You literally cannot sin 
without pride being involved right. in it. And so someone said, you know, um, you, you, you break all of the Ten Commandments in, in actions of pride, right, that would cause us to do anything that, that we would do sinful. So humility then kind of becomes an antidote to any of those things. And it, it is incredible to think about, like, the, the attractiveness of vulnerability. So if I come to Denny and tell her, hey, sweetie, I'm so scared. I'm scared right now. I'm, af- I'm afraid or I'm, I'm lonely or I'm, you know, I just don't feel like I'm enough. Like, she's just, it just causes her to come in, come close, yeah. you know, and want to, to serve there with me. But, but pride keeps yeah. people at bay. Pride keeps us at arm length because we don't want to appear weak. We don't want to appear, mm-hmm. you know, like we, we, we don't know what's going on. And so... I think the enemy's always trying to get pride between us because inflammation causes things to puff up, like you said. And, and I mean, hello, God opposes the proud but gives yeah. grace to the humble. Yeah. And I'm not a smart man, but I don't want God opposing me. That sounds terrible, you know. But in our relationships, God will God'll come in when, when we're humble. Yeah, because I, I, what I love about that, that verse is, is God opposes the proud, so will our spouse. I mean, when, yeah, when, when I'm sure. showing up in that way, if that's my posture is very prideful, Aaron's going to pose that every time versus what you're saying that, mm-hmm. that, that humility, you know, will, will change. Then she's giving me that grace that, that God's also given me. It requires that openness, my heart to be open. It's going, Jenny, back to what you were talking about that, that I, I've got to focus on me. Like I've got to do that work to say, God, okay, right now, which is hard for me because even in our conversation the other night, I, I, in my mind, I'm like, I know we'll be talking about this on the radio here in a couple of days, but I refuse to give in and, and go to the Lord and, and just soften my heart and just go, God, what am I missing here? Because again, I was just so convinced Mm -hmm. that, that I was in the right. And, and yet it seems like when, when I, take the responsibility and spend time with the Lord, that act of praying, it, that, that just seems like that, that's what begins to, to get my heart back open mm. for, for you, Jenny, how is that? How does that work? How, how do you go from that pride to the humility? Gosh, it's such a daily thing. And I think it's that whole take up your cross daily, <laughs> follow Jesus, but it really is that constant, like seeing myself, first of all, before the Lord. And I think that that's so key um, when I think it's first Peter, I'm not entirely sure, but somewhere um, it says, submit to one another in the fear of the Lord. And I think that that is the key component. It's like, as we are following Jesus and we are looking to him for our identity and for satisfaction and for sustenance and for strength and all this stuff, it's like, I'm going to look to Jesus to be my Savior. He's the only one. I can't look to Levi to meet needs that only Jesus can meet. And so when I'm every day, and this is when just personal time with the Lord is so key. It's like you start saying, Jesus, I need you and you alone. Speak to me. Here I am, your servant. I need you. And when that happens, it's like, okay, God, you are my strength. You are my helper. You are my everything. And when I look to Levi, I'm not looking to him to, to meet all these needs. I can actually look to him with, my, with kind eyes and be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe God blessed me with such an amazing man who loves Jesus also and who wants to, to live for him and serve him and do everything to, to see other people come to know him. Like, 
it opens your eyes to see the strengths of your spouse and the the beauty of your spouse and the gift and the um, the way that they come alongside you and are, are strengths for your weakness and mm-hmm. and, it, and so you, you see the beauty of your relationship when you humble yourself before the Lord and when you're submitting in, in fear of the Lord, it just changes everything. Mm. And yes, there's going to be those moments where he says something. And I think this is normally in our relationship anyways, like Levi's really good at speaking and he's really good at preaching the word. He's really good at explaining things and how things are. But that also is a weakness when he says when he says it as it is. And, um, and so for me, I'm like, oh my gosh, like when you said that, that really hurt me. Um, but it's easy in the moment to let our flesh be the responder and the reactor. And isn't that our life as believers? It's Mm. our spirit is willing, but our flesh is weak. And so it's just that constant, my husband preaches like, what are you feeding more? Are you feeding your spirit more? Are you feeding your flesh more? And so I think that as as you're spending time with Jesus, as you're letting His Word set the pace for your life, you're feeding your spirit. And so, in moments like that, in moments of conflict, generally when you're when you are feeding your spirit more, and when you're looking to Jesus, and like you're able to react in the spirit. But even in those moments, it's like you have to lay down your pride, and you have to walk in humility. And that is not easy, and that is not. Um, and so I think in the, in the little things in life, like I'm always telling our kids, like you have to practice being kind in the little things, seemingly little things, because then in the big, huge fights with your siblings, like then you will have practiced kindness and love in the little things. And so I feel like I'm always telling them that, but I always in the, simultaneously telling myself that, like if I can choose kindness and a tone of respect and love in the little things seemingly, then in the bigger things, my reaction will just naturally go to those things that I've been practicing, you know, but so it takes good. work, people. Yes, <laughs> for sure. And again, thank goodness we don't have to do it in our own strength. I love their perspectives mm-hmm. on pride and mm-hmm. how we can shift from pride into humility. And let's talk about that because obviously you already know with Fiona the Cad, we, you know, deal with pride and how do you really shift that then into humility? So mm-hmm. for you, Aaron, what what helps to get you from that pride position to more of a humble posture? Because it said God gives his grace to the humble mm-hmm. and I know in our marriage, you know, we're going to oppose each other when we're prideful, but we do give each other grace mm-hmm. when 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 there's that feeling of humility. So what mm-hmm. how do people really do that? Well, you think about Proverbs 13:10, pride leads to conflict. Yeah. And your prideful spirit will always lead to yeah. conflict, always. especially in marriage. So, I know for me as of late, um something that I will do is step back And because, of course, when you're prideful, you want to strike out, you want to defend yourself, you want to tell the other person how wrong they are. And as of late, stepping back when I find myself going down that road, that reaction, just stepping back and going, okay, what would humble Aaron do? Hmm. 
um, if I put the humble self on, what would I be doing? And then I start showing up with patience and, you know, being able to be attentive to what's really going on with you, trying to understand and listening and assuming the best. Um, so it's it's amazing when you step out of that prideful place into a place of humility, your heart shifts, that it's soft, that it's pliable. And I know for me, asking myself that question, that shifts me. Yeah. I, I think for me, the, the first step, I have to go to the Lord because it seems like when there's a, a moment of going, okay, God, like I know I'm right here. So however you're going to work your thing to where Aaron will understand, you'll convict her. You can speak to her. Show her that I'm right. When I genuinely kind of shift from that and actually say, okay, God, what about me? Like, what am I missing? Mm-hmm. What am I not seeing? Lord, give me truth. Give me perspective here. I'm so convinced I'm right. Why do I need to be right so bad mm-hmm. in this situation? There's a there's a way for me that I usually start off by wanting God to fix you, change you, help you mm-hmm. to more, okay, <laughs> All right. Never mind about Aaron. Like, what? What do I need to better understand? What? What am I missing here? Right. There. There's a way in which that 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 begins sort of the humility journey for me. Mm-hmm. It's now I'm asking God. Okay, I trust you enough to mm-hmm. give me feedback. I trust you enough to what? What? What do I need to be paying attention to? How am I showing up? Mm-hmm. And then it's usually pretty easy from that point to go. All right. How am I showing up? Like, I'm totally being prideful right now. I want to be right. Mm-hmm. I don't want to acknowledge. So, okay, what if I go and acknowledge, you know, that that I behaved? Like with, with the cat, with mm-hmm. Fiona, and then her eating all that that meat. I mean, the moment I went to the Lord and just said, you know, okay, what am I missing here? It was so clear that, okay, you reached out. Like, we, I established an expectation with you that I was actually going to put the chicken away. You know, right. right or wrong, good or bad, could you have done it? Sure. Mm-hmm. But the fact is that you asked me to do it and I agreed to do that. So I can own that. Mm-hmm. And I think as I started to, to pray, okay, what God, what of this is my part that I can own? Mm-hmm. There's just a way that that usually gets my heart back open. I can feel a softening. I I, I literally yeah. feel uh, my a shoulder dropping, a, a perspective of, well, yeah, I get that. Yeah, that would have been frustrating. For Aaron, I try to then put myself in your shoes. What would mm-hmm. that be like if mm-hmm. I had asked you to do something and come back to find out? Not only did you not do it, but you know I've ruined, you know, thanks to the cat, you know, all this mm-hmm. chicken, whatever. Mm-hmm. And th- that for me is usually that process of just going, God, give me that perspective. And then as I begin to soften, mm-hmm. then it's really pretty easy for me to. To go, okay, yeah, what would that have been like for Aaron? Um, like you Terrible. said. Yeah, right. I imagine <laughs> it was very frustrating. Um, or, or even, you know, God, give me perspective of Aaron, you know, who's she been all these years versus maybe mm-hmm. how you're showing up in a particular moment that I'm, you know, combating against or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then that usually leads me to a place of, pre- I, I think in my own mind, one of the 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 strengths that I can bring in mm-hmm. to our marriage mm-hmm. is that when I humble myself, I pretty easily can quickly get where I need to seek forgiveness. And I, I feel like I do that pretty well, that I'll go to you and, you know, hey, I, I, I need to own this. Will you forgive me for doing that? 
the the way you're looking at me. I'm wondering now if that's really <laughs> true or not. So I, I, I is that pride again? Yeah, maybe. Maybe <laughs> we so need to talk about this offline <laughs> of, of my need to, or how I could forgive. Or ask forgiveness yeah. better. But a, a humble heart is one that will seek forgiveness yeah. and will own poor behavior and acknowledge how they've shown up. Yeah. And that's, and again, this, this is not easy. I mean, we all are going to experience conflict, mm-hmm. which usually is rooted in some sort of pride. Mm-hmm. And as long as we stay in that posture, man, we're not going to connect. Right. And until we soften and soften our hearts and really become humble. So if you want to learn more about how to do that within your own marriage, we really encourage you, grab Levi and Jenny's book. It's called The Marriage Devotional. And we have that here at Focus on the Family for a gift of any amount. Yes, all the details will be in the show notes. So we're here today with our good friend, Jeremy Keaton, who is the head of the counseling department here at Focus on the Family. So he's a professional counselor as well as a leader here at Focus on the Family. So Jeremy, we're so glad to have you with us. Glad to sit down and have a very interesting chat. And you never know, you may need to intervene between Greg and I as we navigate this topic because we're going to talk so about prepared. something you're a that is, it comes up in our marriage. If you're willing to come do the same in, in my house, in my marriage, <laughs> you should hear the conversation right. this morning. Well, technically here at Focus, the employees, we get right a free counseling session. So we'll just count this as our free counseling <laughs> session. So, well, Jeremy, what are some common signs a pride issues that kind of show up in a marriage. Well, my wife said to the, me this morning, I guess you're going to have to go pretend that you know something about this. <laughs> oh. And I didn't know whether to take that as to whether because I've never had pride to overcome. Oh, you know, that, or, that's probably or, it. Or, you know, yes. kind of the, the, the tongue-in-cheek Let's joke. Let's go with and, the yeah. former. Yeah. 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 And some of, yeah. And, I, you know, I'll start with with a quote from a a wise man in in my life, my granddad. Mm. Oh, he wrote a letter. Me, so uh, well, awkward, and, and Greg, but, you're wise oh, as well. I thought it was Jesus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my granddad really did follow after Jesus. And he wrote a letter to me, uh, really, when I was graduating from high school. And this is one phrase mm. in it from that. He said, beware of natural pride. Hmm. It is a plague that pursues us like the messenger of Satan. It is properly handled by remembering the scripture that states, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord. Mm. Really and good. I think a good I think that really sets my heart to a good starting place is am I seeing and treating my spouse as a daughter of the king, as as a sister to Jesus, mm-hmm. as is it to the glory of God in her life or in my spouse's life, the way that I posture myself towards them with mm-hmm. favor and um, and kindness, kindness, patience. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and so pride tends to go another direction, yeah. um, mm-hmm. and before we know it, it's happening uh, quicker than we realize. Where we're we're in a more self-centered position. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we were talking about a story in the opening uh, where our cat Fiona consumed some raw chicken meat that I was supposed to clean up. That yeah, I forgot after to do. I had asked, accidentally that you forgot. Put it away. Yes. So for me, pride always seems to manifest itself 
in this idea that that I know that I'm right. Yeah. And that I'm I'm excessively proud <laughs> of my opinion, how I see things. And so often, you know, when Aaron and I get into arguments, it's just like I'm just I'm trying to help her because I love her. Trying to help mm. her to understand my perspective, how I see things, what I'm understanding, all of that. And that goes right. How, yeah. How does that yeah. go? So I know for me it shows up is sort of this. Hey, okay, I've heard you. I, I hear the feeling, all that. Now l- let me let me help you to understand what's really going on here. Because mm. because I, I know, like mm-hmm. I, I know in this moment yeah. that I'm right. So let me help you out there. I, I'm with you, Greg. I I understand that because when you're shooting for kind of a perfectionistic approach, yeah. perfectionism is based upon a lot of pride. And oh. how do I know that? It's because. I'm a recovering perfectionist and and slip into that. And and when triggers happen in marriage, whether it's Fiona or something else, it's the triggering event Mm -hmm. and we slosh out our sinful nature Mm. or we we, we, we react out of that. And it's really a time to say, I recognize it. I need to humble myself and say, you know, I'm being defensive. And, And I think that's a way is not to realize that not to think that you're never going to have those moments mm-hmm. where you're acting prideful or proving your point, but to come as quickly and to get quicker and quicker at coming to a place of, yeah, I need to pause. I, mm-hmm. I'm I'm sorry, or or let go of that point, or come back to. I think the antidote, besides what I said earlier, my granddad said, is this honoring? Is this word or deed in the name of the Lord or is it in the name of me? Yeah. The other is a curious posture mm. rather than a right Which posture. takes humility yeah. to really do that. I tell you, if you're brave enough to ask your spouse this question, do this around pride and just say, how do you know? So I could say, Aaron, how do you know that that I'm showing up with pride. Like, what what do I do? What what comes across <laughs> to you is is pride, and and ask each other that. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're if you're willing to really listen and hear that, it's great. It's fantastic self awareness. So. Are you wanting to hear my answer? Sure. So be, besides <laughs> the many that I've already shared, yeah. No, yeah. what what is it's it? It's interesting what do because I do? it for me it is so much more a feeling. Mm. Like I can just feel the pride, and I I know in that moment I am not. It's not going to go well, and I'm not going to win. Which of course, winning is what it's all about. But yeah. uh, it, you get start defending yourself, and it often it becomes very ludicrous. Like it's big, it's big explanations and defensiveness, and it just isn't going to go well. And so yeah. I know to step away at that point because yeah. it's just not going to resolve I in that you moment. Were say how you know that I'm being prideful. I was. Oh. And you're oh, illustrating. Yeah, I do the voice. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> oh, you you didn't know that. <laughs> I know. I've told you that. So this isn't news to you. I was like, wait a minute, what's happening here? I'm just waiting for Jeremy to jump in well, and correct that, you. That, but that, apparently, that's not going to happen. What I'll say about that is that uh, we get in this at our house into this too. It's the competitive spirit. Mm, so a that's curious a good way of putting it. A curious, <laughs> yeah. yeah, a curious asking and listening and getting to a reflective place of tell me more about that. Okay, there's another lens to look at this through. Let me be curious about that rather than write about that. Mm. Then checking the competitiveness yeah. of of um, really, are you record keeping? Mm. 
that usually doesn't lead to intimacy. Mm -hmm. It usually leads to a standoff (laughs) and sort of just this, like, I really don't want to hug and kiss and hold you. I just want to compete with you and keep a record. I mean, it doesn't lead to what we're really going for in Mm -hmm. our our, uh, marriage. Well, since I'm not competitive (laughs) at all, I never have to worry about that. I'm afraid to play (laughs) games with our board games. We love playing Monopoly Deal. Like, it's a little scary. Yeah, it it happens. It happens. As you get a little competitive, yeah. So, Jeremy, practically, so as listeners are hearing this, what are some steps that they can take to really combat pride and introduce humility into the marriage? You know, I I know when we're committed to our positions where we're right about something, it could be you may not even feel like you really want to ask this question or think this, but take the posture of I could be wrong hmm. or there could at least be a different way of being right, and I might not have the only right way to look at this. And so using, again, back to curiosity versus competitiveness, use phrases like, hmm, how do you see that? Um, or being willing to even say, you know, I, and you have to maybe work to be genuine, but I, I could be wrong about this. Mm-hmm. How do you see it's it? It's highly unlikely, but I could be wrong. And that's where this. you may even yeah. have to like delude yourself and trick yourself <laughs> and say, I'm just going to pretend <laughs> yeah. for a moment. Because but even you, saying it. You can start to open your mind. Something actually happens in your brain and mm-hmm. your soul mm-hmm. when you take a little different route than doubling down on your position. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I could be wrong, but if I recall Fiona and the chicken, um, <laughs> there was a lot of chicken all over the kitchen. Could be wrong. <laughs> wonder how it got there. Yeah. Huh, I could be wrong that I didn't ask you to, to put the chicken in the fridge. Okay. So all these years, I'm finally ready to apologize, by oh. the way. So oh, okay. do that later. And okay. I, have, I have one other kind of counterintuitive thing um, to bring up is that sometimes there's imbalance in a marriage and we have this system between husbands and wives. Mm-hmm. All families have these loops, okay, mm-hmm. these feedback loops where you can actually be enabling pride Ooh. and allowing pride to take over your marriage because you are being so naturally perhaps selfless so the other person never gets checked in a Ooh. way that's loving. And so I will tell you, I am... Not always in the moment thankful, but for the strength of my wife has made me a better human being. And for me, I tend to be, you know, I can retreat or pull back. I need to push in. She's asked me, well, I want you to oppose me rather than let me get away with things because I'm going to grow with that. Give me feedback. And that's being willing to have the tools to have healthy conflict. Mm. Because if you don't have healthy conflict or you just have maybe one partner that's feeding the loop with passivity, then you have this runaway mind train where your spouse can run away into pride because Mm -hmm. they never get that kind of Hmm. firm but loving feedback. Mm -hmm. And we have these systems in our our marriage where these feedback loops happen and then things get way out of balance. But the checks and balances of conflict can actually be an antidote to pride. Let's not forget that Jeremy manages an entire team of amazing Christian counselors that can offer a free consultation. So we'll put a link in the show notes where you can just click and it'll go right into a little 
form that you could fill out to take advantage of that. Because you're right. I mean, having that third party, mm-hmm. especially one of our just fantastic Christian counselors, to provide some of that wisdom and insight is invaluable. Yeah, and a referral to a counselor in your area, yeah. a licensed Christian counselor in your area, because those conversations can go very differently when you have a third party present. Yeah. And your spouse might be able to hear you in a way that they might not hear you at home. And I always say it's just an opportunity for growth. And But if you don't offer it, you know, then your marriage is robbed of that opportunity for growth. And you're training your spouse how to treat you. So it's important, like you're saying, Jeremy, to offer that feedback. And there's nothing like having that third party, that third party that's very safe and creates that safe place to have those conversations. Yeah, well, Jeremy, we appreciate your wisdom. Thanks for your insight. We love your grandfather's quote. Mm. Yes, so that we was, do. That was, I, so if your grandfather has openings for another grandson, just <laughs> let me know and I'll, I'll, I'll apply. <laughs> Everybody should have wisdom. a granddad like mine. Exactly. Oh, such a blessing. That's a blessing. So, thank you for managing the team yeah. of such great counselors. So we, we, we're so grateful for that. Yeah, thanks for taking time with us today. Yeah, it's great. Thank you. I always appreciate Jeremy's perspective. Yeah, he's just sure. got so much wisdom. And now he's even added his grandfather into that mix. It's just a family of wise counselors, for apparently. Sure. Well, let's move on to our weekly Q&A. And this is the part of the show where we answer your burning questions about marriage. Yes, please send us your questions. You can click the link in the show notes or go to crazylittlethingcalledmarriage.com and click the button on the side of our show page to leave us a voicemail. And if we answer your question on the show, we're going to send you a copy of our book, Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage, 12 Secrets to a Lifelong Romance, for free, as our way of saying thank you for listening and reaching out to us. Well, today's question comes from one of our listeners, Let's listen to our producer, Katie, read the voicemail that she sent in. Hi, Greg and Aaron. My husband's mom was recently diagnosed with stage four cancer and only given months to live. And I know he's going through a really tough time, but he is an avoidant and isn't really the best about understanding his emotions or be able to voice what he's going through. And I've just felt really disconnected and alone in our marriage recently. And I understand with all that he's going through. I just want to know the best way to comfort him during this time. He's someone who needs more space, but I also want to let him know my feelings of disconnection and feeling alone without either dismissing his emotions or making the situation about me with all he's going through. We so appreciate your question, and it's so relevant because all of us are going to go through a season where we have a sick parent or we're losing a parent. And it's so difficult because trying to figure out what do we need, what do they need, um, two separate things. And sometimes we forget that we might be hurting too, or we might feel disconnected amidst our spouse's attention being focused on a sick parent. Yeah, and their own loss. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what I want to encourage this listener to first and foremost do is to assess what's going on inside of me. Of course, we talk about this a lot in the show as far as looking internally first before we go to our spouse. And so I just encourage this listener, step back and, you know, assess what am I feeling? Okay, so I'm feeling disconnected. Okay, um, that makes sense. And what's true here? Is it true that in my disconnection, um, I'm wanting to comfort him 
Or is it that I have an opportunity here to really comfort me, to yeah. go to the Lord and ask Him to comfort me, and to figure out what else is really going on when I'm disconnected, what else um, gets triggered? What else am I feeling? How do I react to that? And what do I really want yeah. here? And so the good news is, as you focus on you, first and foremost, you can get your heart back open. Yeah. And then you can be even better at um, comforting Him. Yeah. Well, in a lot of ways, it's the classic, you know, airline instructions, put the yeah. oxygen mask on you first, right. then, because then you have something to give. And so I appreciate that perspective. Let's, we always have to deal with us first, make sure mm -hmm. that we have something to give, because I love her question. Um, she's really saying, hey, how do I best comfort my husband as he's going through this loss and really grieving? Sounds like he's not great it, it's sharing his feelings. And I think it's so important to remember that your desire to have that deep kind of emotional connection mm -hmm. to where we're talking feelings and what's going on and the stress and the pain and, and just all of that, it's obvious that that's how you feel most connected to your husband with that sort of deep conversation, which seems to me would then cause you to feel very, very comforted. And it's important to to recognize that that may not actually speak comfort at all to your husband. Mm -hmm. And I know for me, like I was thinking about this, you know, as a guy, much more introverted, when when I go through these hard times, you know, I, I know, Aaron, for you, you're much like the person that sent this question in, like that you, mm -hmm. you feel comforted, you feel connected as we're sitting around talking about deep emotions and mm -hmm. what's going on. And there's a way in which you want to know what's going on inside of me. Mm -hmm. And that creates a connection there. Right. For me, often it, that's not at all what feels comforting in the beginning to me. That actually feels extremely overwhelming because as, as I'm grieving or whatever the loss is that I'm going through, I, I'm, I feel so confused anyway mm -hmm. that to be asked, how are you feeling, or to feel this pressure mm -hmm. to, to have to go there, I, I may not be ready or wanting to do that, mm -hmm. but it's intimidating to then say that to you because I know that that's important to you that we connect that way. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's a great example. Like for me, there's plenty of other ways that in those earlier parts of going through a tough season like this with a, the loss of a parent or whatever, whatever that loss is, like it's much easier for me to text just kind of what's going on or maybe write some things down that, that I can mm -hmm. share. In, or, or even I know a big one that, that's been helpful is, is instead of just sitting down and having this deep conversation about my emotions and what's going on for me, mm -hmm. that when we go through for a walk mm -hmm. or maybe go for a drive, there, there's a way in which me not having to sit across from you mm -hmm. and and really jump into all this deep emotions, it, it, because that's hard, but there's something about just going for a walk to where we're kind of both staring straight ahead, we're walking, we're moving forward, even mm -hmm. in the car when mm -hmm. doing this. That just, it creates a much better environment for me to be able to talk about some mm -hmm, of that. Mm -hmm. But I just, I think it's so important to remember that guys who especially are introverted, that that 
feeling comforted probably in the beginning isn't going to involve me having this deep conversation Mm -hmm. about my emotions. As a matter of fact, one of my favorite things that you do is just to sit with me Mm -hmm. and almost in silence. Mm -hmm. But there's something about when you're next to me, like even if you're like, hey, can I sit down and let's put on your favorite sitcom? Let's Mm -hmm. put on a a sporting event, just something, and you just sit next to me and actually don't say a word, you being present like that Mm -hmm. speaks so much comfort to me. Mm -hmm. But I know, and I know that that probably wouldn't do it for you. And that's the difference. Yeah. And I want to make sure that we clarify that as your husband is going through this grief, this season of grief, the season of shock, the trauma of a parent being diagnosed with stage four cancer, that it's very understandable physiologically even that um, males specifically under stress kind of go into the cave. Right. And for women, it's different and we want to reach out and connect. But I would say overall, I was just sitting with a couple last week and they were talking about this exact thing. It wasn't, there wasn't any traumatic event going on, but the husband was saying, you know, she loves it when I share my emotions and we connect deeply. And she's like, yes, I love that. And for him, connection looks different. But what I appreciated that he said is, I'm working on it. And I know it's important to her. So I'm working on growing and really showing up, asking good questions and taking the time to set distractions aside and connect. But then she also said, and you know, I know he feels connected to me when I watch a football game with him. Yeah. So I'm working on that. Yeah. And so I, because I don't want to send the message like, you know, just stay the way you are. Um, We're all in the process of growing. Granted, during a traumatic season, um, it may look differently. And even if someone is a good communicator, they might shut down. And so I say it's important to just offer like, hey, I'm here. And I would love to hear how you're doing on the inside. I'd love to hear what you're thinking, how you're feeling, because um, this is a lot. And I just want you to know I want to be a safe place here for you. And so if and when you're ready to talk, know that I'm available. But you may not want to talk, and I'm okay. I've got me, and I'm surrounding myself with good, godly girlfriends who are going to be there for me during this time. And but I want you to know, I'm there. I'm. I've got your back. We're going to get through this together. Yeah, and and that's why within what you're saying, like you were saying, hey, I want to make sure the message is clear. Mm -hmm. The fact that that there's a an amount of time in the beginning that I'm not ready to dig in mm-hmm. to go that deep you might be emotionally. In shock. That there's nothing wrong with going. I'm just not there yet. Yes. Actually, you sitting with me, us mm-hmm. walking, just spending mm-hmm. time together feels very comforting. Yeah. But like you're saying, I also recognize that that's important for mm-hmm. you. And so if if he had asked this question, mm-hmm. I would answer this in that same way of going, "Hey, you know, be clear on what you need and want." Mm-hmm. And communicate that, but at some point, yeah, that you have to understand for your wife that, that she really wants and needs that from you. Mm-hmm. So be willing to to lean in those emotions at yeah. some point. But but either way, it's just a good reminder that we both probably process grief. Well, not probably we process grief very differently. Mm-hmm. We have very different ways of feeling comforted. Both are okay. Mm-hmm. Let's let's make sure that we're not trying to comfort our spouse in the way that that we want to be comforted and putting that on is sort of the mark of, well, this is what then health will look this like. This is what has to happen yeah. versus asking, like, how can I comfort you? 
And what would that look like? And whatever emotions they're feeling, you know, there's no right or wrong answer, especially when someone's traumatized or in shock or grieving. So just to be there listening as well as validating whatever they're feeling, even if it's different than what you're feeling. So thanks again for your question and look out for your copy of Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. And if you're listening today and have any questions for us, contact us. Click the link in the show notes to leave us a voicemail. Thank you for joining us for Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. Pride is something we all deal with, so I hope that we were able to give you some practical tips in navigating pride in your marriage. Yeah, be sure to like, listen, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to share this episode with your friends, because we want you to have a seat at the table every week as we help equip you and your spouse to have a satisfying and long-term marriage. We want you to grow spiritually, both as individuals and as a couple, so that you can turn around and invest in other couples to help them build a thriving marriage. Thanks again for listening. We'll talk with you again next week about this crazy little thing called marriage. Is your marriage holding on by a thread? For deep hurt, you need deep healing that only comes from the Lord. And you'll find it at a Focus on the Family Hope Restored Intensive in Michigan. Our licensed Christian counselors will help you and your spouse get to the root of your issues in just three to five days. And it works. 80% of the couples are still married two years after attending. Learn more at HopeRestored.com and talk with a trusted advisor. That's HopeRestored.com.